Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We made this. This is our special Fight the Future Minute podcast. I'm Russ Hugo, and you're listening to our coverage of Minute 62 of the X-Files, Fight the Future. This minute begins at 101 and then ends at 101.59, and we see the, the car arrive on the cliff, and they see the magical domes and descend into the desert valley. To discuss this minute, I am joined by Katie Doe. How goes life? Hi, Russ. It's pretty good. We're having a little bit of a heat wave right now, so I'm a little warm. But otherwise, it's okay. Well, I hope... Do you have air conditioning? Is it pretty common over there? It, it is, but not in this house. So... Okay. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's that's the thing is up in the Pacific Northwest, and if we get a heat wave, most restaurants don't even have air conditioning, so we're, we're not prepared. Yeah, that's tough. We're just not... So my point is I'm very sympathetic. <laughs> I think this is a, a trend, too, because I was listening to another X-Cast recording where I think Carl and Tony were both talking about their heat wave in Britain. So Maybe in England. it's just a podcast thing. Maybe we're all recording when it's really hot. Yeah, and I got a thunderstorm this morning, which is good and ominous. It's, <laughs> it's a, it just is an exciting uh, omen for the uh, the podcast to come. This minute here starts off with... We're, this is our attempt, because we haven't been able to talk about it, the, the beautiful car, the classic X-Files rental car, most likely a Lariat, I believe, <laughs> pulled up with lots of dust. Somebody's going to have to wash that. Mulder and Scully exit the car, and then Scully gets a good, serious, good, serious look over the valley. What do you think about that initial pull in there of the exciting car revving up? We've got some good music, lots of dust. Well, it's funny you mentioned the car. Like, it's a really good entrance. I remember um, it's actually an Oldsmobile, and they had this big tie-in with the movie because they were launching their new model. So I looked it up, and it's the Oldsmobile Intrigue. And I definitely remember, like, commercials and things, like, showing X-Files footage with, like, as an advertisement with this new car. So, like, they showed the Oldsmobile logo a little bit too much in the movie. Like, it's they were definitely trying to showcase this car. So they, uh, I think they put it through its paces. Just to show it off. Wow. Yeah. And that also surprises me because that body, I know it's the 90s and I guess a lot of cars had that shape, but it just screams middle of the road Ford. <laughs> I never would have guessed Oldsmobile. So. I mean, it's kind of kind of similar. I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't run out to get nicer. one. Yeah. But if someone handed me one, I, I wouldn't turn it down. No, you would, so. you would take it and drive it along a railroad track and out in the desert. I had no idea about the commercials having the footage. That's a fun fact. I, I definitely okay. remember that, yeah. And it was like always exciting to, like, oh, you might get the Oldsmobile commercial with the X-Files footage before the movie came out. Fabulous. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to have product placement, at least give us some additional benefits like that. Exactly. So up next, after they exit the car, we get the, looks like there's the blue screen, and they're going to just first descend over the cliff. We get a body doubles, most likely. I was going to get your opinion uh, on that, because just to me, the body language, especially for Anderson, seems very different. It seems like a body double. But even though the blue screen is obvious, I think it actually really helps make it punch and feel more cinematic and that it really separates the distance of the two. I think it's a real effective shot, even if we can notice the technique used. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a blue screen. Um, I actually didn't really notice the use of a double, so it didn't really... I would think I was more busy looking you know, back towards the the canyon, so I wasn't really paying attention to the people, so it didn't really jump out at me. Um but this is actually where I can... I'm pulling out some fun facts from the Making of the X-Files Fight the Future book by Jody Duncan. And they actually have a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes filming uh, info for this scene, especially. And so it's not on a soundstage. It's filmed in Soledad Canyon out in California. Um, but they it, it was a blue screen shot. So they hung giant screens in front of this cliff, but... They weren't big enough, so they had the crew painting like extra plywood. They were painting them all blue and like trying to stick them up wherever they could to to mat out this shot. Um, so it was tricky, and they you know they said logistics were difficult. It was you know a very narrow canyon. It was hard to light. Um, yeah, so it just it sounds tricky to get the shot, and I think it works really well. It definitely it looks blue screen ish, but I think like you said, the cinematic scope of it i think it it works and it's not so detailed in the background that it really that you don't really pick it up too much so i think it looks good me too i i enjoy that the warmth of some of those matte old matte effects like that and i think it's very successful and the only reason i noticed the body double is when anderson or scully's character first slides down kind of slips a little bit then catches herself and the body language just seemed a little bit off so then i watched it again and i realized oh both of them are obscuring their faces pretty well. I mean, uh, okay. Mulder's body double, you can kind of see the front or the sides of his head and the hair, but otherwise it's obscured behind limbs or other things like that. And it, it, yeah. it, They do a good job of making it look like they're not trying to hide the actor's faces, but the actor's faces yeah. are still obscured. So it's a very successful shot if it is with body doubles. I mean, it probably is because like, the minutes later on we'll talk about they definitely used doubles, so... It's probably that kind of that kind of a, a stunt shot they would use them to. The A yeah, with the stunt and then B all the logistical stuff you're talking about, just not to have them wait around. Exactly. Because they're gonna be so busy, let's just move on. <laughs> to the next scene, the next shot, I guess, where it shows them actually running down the last bit of the hill, which appears to actually be the real actors because we get enough time to where they come in close to the camera and this is sort of where the scene ends. But I think it's a good transition. And uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's good. I've, so now we're transitioning. The cornfield itself is in Bakersfield, California. So we've come from the canyon and we've moved. We moved towns. Um, but I think it works. It's kind of seamless. It works really well. Um, and yeah, the, the minute ends, you're not really getting any yet. You're just still in the cornfield. So 
you're kind of just waiting to see what happens next. I really, you mentioned the music before. I really love the music when they get out of the car and they see the dome, like the camera pans over. If like Mark Snow really is just going to town with like the big, you know, he uses the big chorus and it adds that awe-inspiring feeling to it. Because initially you're not really sure what is going to appear over that hill. And then when they show it, it's it's kind of a jaw-dropping moment. You know, we all know what it is now, but back at the time, you really didn't know what to expect. And it's kind of, it's like a broader scope than you would have seen in the TV show, pretty much. Um, so they're really making use of the orchestra, the cinematography, the the grand scale. Um, and I love at the at the top of the hill when they just get out of the car. There's that sort of hero shot of Mulder and Scully standing like they're slowly coming towards the camera. Mulder's a little bit behind Scully, and they're just looking really intensely, and like that's. I think that shot's used in a lot of promo material and is kind of just that classic, iconic X-Files shot of the pair of them. And I think that works really well, too. It does, and it just also goes to show how good they are at doing this kind of stuff, especially Anderson, because she holds that face for quite a while. And yeah, it, it just can't be easy to hold a... I'm shocked and stunned in so many <laughs> different ways like that for so long, and... They both do a good job there playing off each yeah, other. Just staring back into a camera and trying to emote. Um, and I have to bring up her outfit, too. The clothes are perfect. It's that that Scully in the black coat with the big white collar. Like, that's really all I picture her in the X-Files movie. And, like, she has the season five haircut, and it just looks... She's just so sleek and put together. And that's really my only image of Scully throughout this entire movie is in this outfit. Yeah, and it's much more windproof than Mulder's more floppy jacket and tie, as we'll get to later. <laughs> it is, yes. It comes in handy. And also, Scully, whatever product she's using in her hair is also quite a bit considerable wind resistance. And I'm yeah, probably a good mousse or a good pomade or something like that, yeah. But I do agree, too, about Mark Snow's score here. This is, I think, where those cinematic adjustments made really kind of sell. You got the high-energy tail of the car chase as the scene begins, and then it gets into the more traditional John Williams-esque, almost Spielbergian reveal shot, the combo there, and it does work well. It, it, it complements it and gives that big drop to the viewer. It's nice. Yeah, especially the use of the vocals, too. I love when he brings in a you know a chorus or something like that into the score. And like with the added orchestra, it just sounds you know, really grand. Can't argue at all. Is there anything else you want to add to Minute 62? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just um, this is kind of starting off one of the kind of the main pieces of the entire movie. Like this is, I think, the scene people have in their heads a lot when they think of this movie. This is such an important part. And it's so grandiose and... It's kind of, it's just really exciting to see it start off this way. The only thing I was going to mention is I always forget in the mat scene, I have not noticed until this time because I'm so busy looking at the domes that there is the train next to the domes in the mat painting. <laughs> because later when they're out down on the cornfield, the train is not really mm -hmm. shown or anything. And so the connection between the two wasn't visually obvious the first time. I mean, you figure, okay, the train's going to the domes, but I never actually made the visual connection because it's kind of dim in the lights and you don't get a lot of time to look at it but rewatching it this time where you have to kind of focus for details oh the train tracks go like that okay and the train's sitting there oh see that i didn't really notice i my 
the, I'm watching it on my TV with a DVD, and it's really, really dark. So I actually didn't pick that up. So I'll have to go back and, and look closer. If you look at the shot where they're climbing down, and it's with the blue screen, mm-hmm. you'll see the train on the right side. They start going down the hill. It pans over, and then you can see the train moving on the right side a little bit. And then Scully is on the left side blocking the domes. Oh, okay. So even better that it's actually a model shot, and then it stops. So And then it just kind of sits there, and there's a light blinking. So I originally thought it was part of the mat, but actually it looks like it, it is moving a little bit. Oh, see, I saw that light. I just didn't really put together it was the train, I think, because it still was really dark. Yeah. Well, okay. We're, so n- we're not this, alone, then. This makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Well, that wraps up Magical Minute 62. And until our next minute, remember, as always, trust no one. Elsewhere on We Made This. The Movie Palace. Anyway, I mean, what what kind of aspects of his films do you really enjoy? Because obviously we're speaking now, you know, decades uh, after the fact. Uh, but, you know, the great thing is many of his films do continue to kind of resonate and stand up tremendously well today. So, yeah, what is it you like about Hitchcock? Jeez, there's so much I like about him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where do I start? It's just, you know, I, I think I was actually having this discussion with my mom the other day because, as I said, she's the only one who ever really wants to watch these films with me. And I said to her, I think what he was particularly great at was showing how small people's lives actually can be. You know, like the minutiae. Mm. We played this. There is this disability advocate called Sam Bosworth, who is a really avid gamer, who does talk a lot about accessibility of games and about how people shouldn't be shamed for wanting an easy mode. Yeah. And that that shouldn't be a controversial topic no. in, in the gaming community. And also how, uh, I can't remember what the game was, but there was this, I think it was a PS2 game, was it? I can't remember. It wasn't PS2, it was PS4. But uh, basically you had to use pedals for this ride, um, for this driving game and, and he can't do that. So they had to basically find a way to like, you know, like, ha- like you know, alter yeah. the game themselves. Yeah. The, the developers didn't think about that. The time is now. A Millennium Podcast. Rating has been for this episode and if not would you like to hazard a guess uh i gotta i gotta admit kurt that i am kind of cheating because i have the page open (laughs) (laughs) i like that you're only kind of cheating i like that it's not really cheating it's you know it's well it wasn't intentional cheating but you know now that you ask you know i my guess is like (laughs) it's probably like an 8.9 is is my guess you know yeah would would you guess around 440 people voted (laughs) yeah probably around there yeah (laughs) <laughs> I tell you what, you're bang on. Um, it is the the best rated episode of Millennium. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This podcast network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.